Hey everybody, and welcome to June's episode of My Cancer Story Podcast. My name is Jess, and I am your host. Today you're going to hear Madison's story. Madison is the creator of the nonprofit Strong Little Souls, where they support childhood cancer patients and their families. She had this personal connection years ago when she was 13 years old with a young child who was battling cancer and she wanted to somehow help this child and help raise awareness for kids with cancer. So what she did is she created Strong Little Souls and ultimately she brightens the lives for children battling cancer. And to date, she has created over 1,000 care packages for this program. Listen to the episode, learn more about Strong Little Souls, and please, if you can, help donate, contribute, volunteer if you can for this program. It's incredible. But without further ado, please meet Madison. All right, Madison, thank you so much for being here on my Cancer Story podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. It's my pleasure to have you here. Um, as you heard previously, uh, the listeners, um, I gave a, a little bit brief of an intro, but Madison is uh, the creator of stronglittlesouls.org. Uh, and um, she, connect, she and I connected through uh, Rosaria. She and I had each other on our own podcast. So Rosaria, thank you so much for connecting us if you're listening out there. But um, this is going to be a little bit different of a, a story. Um, as everybody knows, my third season is a, a little bit more about uh, people who are, are creating amazing things for, from uh, cancer stories or cancer experiences. So uh, Madison is, is going to be telling us a little bit more about Strong Little Souls and this, this beautiful thing that she created for um, supporting childhood cancer patients and their families. So Madison, once again, welcome. Uh, from here, I'm going to have you take it away. And I'm just going to ask questions along the way because it looks like a really cool foundation. And I just can't wait to hear more about it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so um, my name is Madison. I am currently 20 years old and I am a junior in nursing school in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. I started Strong Little Souls when I was 13. Um, no way. Yeah. Okay, sorry. After <laughs> you're so young at 20 and you've been doing this since 13. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yes, I know. It's crazy. It, it the past however many years, seven, eight yeah. years have just flown by. Wow. Um, I started Strong Little Souls initially after following a little girl on social media who battled cancer. Um, I never had any personal connections with childhood cancer until after I started Strong Little Souls, but the social media um, and following her battle and seeing what she went through really just inspired me to do something. Um, I reached out to her mother and I reached out to some other children. She was just sharing on her social media of kids she met at the clinic. And I just started sending toys. Oh my um, so I started mowing lawns and collecting cans and bottles and doing whatever, just to raise some funds using money from my part-time job. And I just simply began by sending toys. Mm -hmm. um, it really just took off from there. I decided that there's so much more that I can do to support these families and by creating a nonprofit and having an actual team of individuals help me, um, we're definitely able to increase the impact we have and really be a support system for these families. 
That's amazing. How did the process start for creating your, your nonprofit? Because a lot of people don't even know where to begin with. And you just like being, being a young, like a teenager, young adult, like going forth and just like braving through starting this uh, nonprofit. How, how did that go? Very much learn as you go. Yeah. Um, I still find myself learning every day. Um, there's, there's always so much to learn in regards to this process. When I first started, I was 13. Um, and I couldn't have a nonprofit under my name because you have to be 18. Okay. Good um, to know. <laughs> so I was heartbroken and I ended up working under another local nonprofit. Um, okay. They just closed their doors, unfortunately, but they were called Moments House. They were located here in Massachusetts. They did amazing things for kids and adults and just anyone affected by child, I mean, excuse me, affected by cancer. Mm -hmm. um, they had various um, programs and services and their doors were always open to support families, but they essentially let me um, work under them in a sense mm -hmm. um, until I turned 18. As soon as I turned 18, I told my mom, okay, this is still something I want to do. I've been doing this for what, five years now. Um, I don't see it going anywhere, meaning I don't see it just being a thing of the past. Like I see this becoming a part of my life and something I'm going to carry on. Yeah. So we went and we sat down with an attorney and we filed the paperwork just after I turned 18 and I was able to have my own um, nonprofit under my own name, which was super exciting. And I think that was such a major milestone, um, not only for me, but for the organization. Mm -hmm. uh, being a nonprofit opened up so many different doors that I didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just so glad I did it. Yeah, to, to be able to persevere through all those years. And like you said, like it, it wasn't going anywhere. You, you started it and it's, it's, you held on to it for five years and you still had the motivation and, and, it, and, you know, like wanting to continue to make a difference in people's lives, especially young children's lives and to keep it going is incredible. Yeah, definitely. If anything, I only saw it becoming more and more in a part of my life. When I first started, I don't think I had any idea. Yeah. That's, what, that's so cool. Uh, a crazy impact it would have, but like, essentially it, it's my life now. Like I wake up, I go into my media pages. I check on all the kids and the families I work with. I spend my days putting packages together, doing visits. Um, right now I'm in nursing school and I want to do pediatric oncology um, wow. as I graduate. So like, yeah, just wow. coming across that one girl's story really kind of just put my whole life. Yeah. Change the trajectory. Yeah. It, like boom. <laughs> yeah, it really did it, that. It's crazy. There's so much negative about social media. And when you mm -hmm. hear social media, more often than not, you hear people cringe and moan and groan about all oh, the negatives and what it's doing to people. But I just think social media has done so much for me, for strong little souls and for the families that I work with. Yeah, um, it definitely does. It, it, it has positive impacts as well. Like you're saying, a lot of people hear about the negative impacts and, but this one specifically had a positive impact on your life and it, it became a part of your life. So mm -hmm. where did the name strong little souls come from? That was honestly probably the hardest thing for me. Oh, really? <laughs> Doing the name is hard. Oh, it was impossible. <laughs> um, so when I first started at 13, um, 
the first few packages I just sent out was Madison Quinn because I had no idea what it was a, it was going to spiral into. I had no idea that it was going to one day become a nonprofit and help thousands of families. I had no idea. Um, mm-hmm. But once I kind of saw the impact that the first few packages were able to make and that this was something I really wanted to continue to do, I was like, I think I need to create a name for this, whether mm-hmm. it's going to be a cause or a nonprofit, I need to have a name. <laughs> I just was pulling things out of a hat, like co- tossing ideas around, um, trying to do something original, but not cheesy. Yeah. And I really settled on strong little souls. I think it really doesn't embody the people we work with, the families we work with, because they just have strength like no other. Um, but I, I just felt it really it did justice to the community that we're serving. Um, Absolutely. For and sure. And it helped embody the mission that we were. Yeah, exactly. There's no like loss in translation of, of what it is or what you're doing. You're like, when you hear strong little souls, you're like, okay, children, you know, young, young people. And, and, you know, like, sounds like they're going through something. So mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to name something. Like for me, it was like hard to name my podcast and trying to find something that's not taken already. And that's, that's yes, a that whole was, hurdle too. That was scary too. Um, so I came up with the name strong little souls when I was 13, when I originally started a couple oh, wow. months after I started, but you don't legally like pick a name until I filed the paperwork at 18. You're like, nobody take like, it. <laughs> and that's, I know my, my attorney was like, what do you want to call it? And I was like, strong little souls, like instantly. Cause that's what I've been running under for the past, whatever, five years. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I need to go in the other room real quick and check on my computer and make sure no one took it. And those like oh. two minutes were just like, I don't know what I'm going to do if someone took it. Oh my God. Like, yeah. That name was taken. I don't know. It was so scary. I'm so grateful no one did. And I have never come across a name that was similar or the same, which has been nice. Um, That's good. That's good. Yeah. Like I, I, I imagine you would have been heartbroken if it was taken be like, now, what do I do? Why do I call it now? Cause you know, you legally can't do it. Yes. So you had mentioned um, packages. So like, tell me more about what exactly strong little souls does. Yeah, so our mission is just to simply brighten the lives of children battling cancer. Um, our first program that started when I reached out to that first family was just mm-hmm. the care packages. Mm-hmm. Um, every care package is different. No two are the same. They're each individually tailored to the child um, and the family and the siblings. Um, parents are able to go onto our website, fill out the application, tell us a little bit about their child, the siblings, things they like. And we just kind of assemble them from there. Mm -hmm. Um, Our standard care package includes items like toys, arts and crafts, coloring books, stuffed animals, stickers, board games, Mm -hmm. really just anything that a kid would enjoy. Yeah. But we do our care packages. Um, We've sent over, well over a thousand Mm. um, since we started. Wow. Wow. And it's still going strong. Um, since then, we have also launched our various two other programs, our wishes and our financial assistance. So our financial assistance, we just help families um, with any financial burden, whether it be treatment related, gas, food, okay. just normal bills that add up along the way. And then we have our wish program, which we leave very open-ended. We've granted wishes, everything from iPhones, gaming consoles. Um, wow. 
big outdoor play sets, trampolines. Wow. Just a little bit of everything. We like to leave all of our programs. Um, they're very flexible yeah. in the sense that we can try to maximize the amount of families we are able to help and the ways that we were able to help them. Cause not every family is the same. Not mm-hmm. their needs are all different and they're changing depending on where they are. If they were recently diagnosed, if they're on their fourth relapse, they're going to have yeah. different needs no matter where they are. And I really wanted to emphasize that we can help in every stage. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you do tailor it to this specific person. There's like no, like one recipe that you just follow hard. Um, and, and I, I really think that makes a difference, uh, especially for those who are receiving the packages that, you know, they, they feel special and, and heard, you know? So I think that's really, really cool. And you, you had mentioned we, how, how many people, um, I guess are, are working for the nonprofit or are associated with the nonprofit, like how, like how many volunteers do you have and all that stuff? So right now we are currently working on assembling, a a board of motivated individuals who want to help yeah. enhance our mission and carry us along for the next couple of years. So that mm-hmm. is our next step. Mm-hmm. Since running Strong Little Souls, I have been supported by various, well, my own high school, of course, yeah. um, when I was going there. Um, various schools and churches have volunteered throughout different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very small group of individuals who continuously volunteer Mm -hmm. um, and don't just come and go. Um, Probably like 10 to 15, maybe. Um, But we're 100% volunteer ran. Um, Mm -hmm. No one receives a paycheck. No, this is, um, it was really important for me that this organization is really just here for the families. Yeah. Um, and that every penny donated actually goes to the families hundred percent directly too. Yeah. Yes. And I love that. I'm able to tell our donors that, and I'm able Mm -hmm. to tell our families that, that Mm -hmm. I do not profit, nor does anyone who volunteers for me. We're strictly here for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so all of our volunteers, have been amazing. I've had many different school groups, different churches, Mm -hmm. friends, family, um, teachers, pretty much everyone, um, who I can rope into this. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. (laughs) I'm sure people want to help too, you know, like they're just driven and and drawn to you and, in the strong little souls nonprofit. Yeah. It's not every day you hear of a young teenager who decides to, uh, start a nonprofit. And I think that was, that's always a huge aspect is when people figure out, well, you were so young when you started this. Um, Mm -hmm. but it also, you find a lot of people unfortunately don't really want to help out until it affects them. And I feel like has been a heartbreaking thing where, um, I've had people tell me, well, doesn't like every kid with cancer survive or isn't childhood cancer just like really rare? Um, I've actually had nurses say that to me. No, really? Yeah. I work at a hospital and I had um, a nurse I was working with the other day. I explained strong little souls and what I do. And her response was, well, doesn't every child with cancer just like live? No. And I was taken back by that. And I kind of span the perspective and I gave her the facts and I told her that is not the truth. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but the heartbreaking thing is people who aren't affected by it don't usually know the reality. They don't know the facts. They don't know the statistics. They don't know what it's like. I don't either. Thankfully, I've, I've never um, been a parent or a child going through cancer, but it takes a certain person to be able to empathize and um, help these families. And that's also something I want to do is just spread the word of what these families go through. The realities of childhood cancer, it is not smiling, bald children. No, It is a horrible, never ending diagnosis. Um, whether you survive or your child passes away, it is something that sticks with you forever. Um, Yeah, but that, I guess that's a sad. That that's a sad truth. Yeah, it, it is. It really is. And I don't want people to think a child of cancer and just think, "Well, it's just those smiling bald kids who all live." No, not at all. Like even on your website, like at the very top, it says every two minutes a child is diagnosed with cancer, and one in five will not survive. That's not a good statistic. No, <laughs> no, no. We just want to do whatever we can to support families throughout their battle um, and spread the word about childhood cancer. I've spoken mm -hmm. at many different schools, churches, um, Girl Scout groups, things like that, just to spread some awareness or even mm -hmm. inspire the kids. Like, even if childhood cancer isn't your calling, but you really have a passion for um, just cleaning up the world or mm -hmm. saving animals or whatever it may be just letting people know that you're never too young to make a difference. Nope. And there there's endless opportunities out there for you. Yeah, absolutely. And don't discount the young people who are trying to make a difference. Like for you, how driven you are to keep, to keep it going after five years until you're 18 to actually be able to get this nonprofit and to keep it going. And, and like you said, it's, it's a part of your life now and, and you don't see it going anywhere. So I, I love that. I love the perseverance and, and the drive that you have for this. That being said, you're in college now. How do you balance that between nursing school and, and running a nonprofit? Like how I, I it's gotta be tough. It definitely <laughs> is. When it came time for me to apply to colleges, I was really torn because I knew I couldn't give up strong little souls. Mm -hmm. I knew that was not an option for me. Um, I ended up picking a college Elms college. It's an hour away from my hometown. Mm -hmm. I have an apartment, but I'm able to have a guest room that serves as like my office and my storage space, which is amazing. It allows me to continue having an area to put together these packages, an area to sit down and do desk work and mm -hmm. to just keep the mission going and keep helping the families um so physically it's able to work just by living off campus um because it would never have been possible in a dorm room. in a dorm no way <laughs> um so that was like my first obstacle and then the second obstacle most people consider is time like how do you have the time for like school to work mm -hmm. um and to run strong little souls I've always been very good with time management. Um, that's good. That's always been like one of my main strengths is if I have something and I set my mind to, it's going to get done. Mm -hmm. um, so I am always a very busy go, go, go type of person. So I attend school. I come home. I get my homework done. I study. I crank out care packages. I look over financial assistant applications, wish applications, um, it's a lot of time management, yeah. but I make it doable. Um, 
and I just keep telling myself like it's never going to be this hard to manage um oh like pressures of school like yeah once I finish school and I'm working I won't have to worry about studying or doing homework yeah um things a lot of extra work yeah if I can do it now I can do it forever yeah and you'll look back at this and be like how did I do it all but like you just manage I I don't know how it happens but like you'll look back and be like oh my gosh it was insane but I did it yes it's worth it it really is like the difference I'm able to make in these families lives now Mm -hmm. is just it's worth it if I can help one family it's worth it um yeah and, and as like, you're talking about like over a thousand packages have been sent out like nationwide, worldwide, like where's, where like some of the furthest packages gone worldwide to date. Currently we try to stick a little bit more to the U S only because Fair. shipping costs are yeah. pretty expensive and crazy. Yeah. Um, when funding does allow, we sometimes like we'll use like Amazon Canada or Amazon, like other countries, and you can mm-hmm. ship through that Amazon Smart um, browser to save on shipping, but our furthest packages have gone to. We've done some to the Philippines, wow. South Africa, South America, Portugal, wow, um, really just all over Canada. Mm-hmm. We've had a handful go to Canada, mm-hmm. um, but really all over, yeah, worldwide. That's amazing. Have you ever been able to, to meet some of the, the families or the, the children that you've been able to connect with or, or help out? Yeah. Um, I've done so many, um, just in-person visits with families. When I first started, I pre COVID, I would always be going down to the hospitals. Um, so like Memorial Sloan and Kettering in New York city or, um, Boston Children's, Connecticut Children's, I'd always be going to the hospitals, meeting with the families, bringing toys and gifts, or going to the park, or visiting them at home, just wherever um, was doable, but I'd visited so many families pre-COVID, kind of took a pause when COVID came around, because obviously safety is the number one priority, Um, slowly starting to get back to a handful of visits um, with certain kids who have the immune system can meet outdoors who feel comfortable. Um, but I love, I love doing in-person visits. We do, I've done things such as just hanging out in the hospital for a day, going Mm -hmm. to clinic, going to outpatient clinic with families, um, hanging out at the park, going over to play video games. Um, and then some of our wishes have included just things where I'll spend the day with them. For example, we've done two shopping sprees, which have been so fun um one was a nine-year-old boy and then the other I want to say she's I want to say nine or ten maybe don't quote me okay Um, (laughs) okay (laughs) no problem um but we went to the mall and I basically told them this is what we're going to be doing we're going to be going on a shopping spree um the kids picked out what stores they wanted to go to what they wanted to buy um got things from their siblings and parents were able to pick out clothes for themselves and for their kids and just necessities or wants anything that they needed. Mm. Um, but we've done things like that, gone to Dave and Buster's. Fine. The shopping sprees were pretty memorable. It's not every day a child gets to go on a shopping spree and just seeing their faces, like, um, the little girl I took, we, I met her there at the mall and she had no idea what was going on. Oh, wow. 
And when I first told her, she's like, like, are you serious? Like, is this for real? (laughs) And then once we started shopping and she started like seeing like, oh my God, I'm coming home with all this. Like, it was just crazy. And it just made my heart so warm just to see her smile and her mom's smile, just watching their daughter have the time of our life. Yeah. Incredibly fulfilling for, for all parties and just kind of like nails down that this is why, why you do what you do. Uh, I think that's so cool. And especially for those families, because they, they dial back a lot of their spending because, and their life, you know, a lot of their life is spent at the hospital and, and, you know, they, they can't splurge on clothes and toys and stuff like that because hospital bills are expensive and you don't know where you're going to be on a day-to-day basis too. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Oh, how, how cool. What a wonderful experience for, for you to be able to be a part of, and then also give families those opportunities to have those experiences. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Uh, what I, I was thinking about this as you were talking, like, what does your family think about it? Like from ideation, like the beginning, uh, to now, like, what did they think about you wanting to start this nonprofit? Were they just like, where did this come from? Like, is this going to last kind of situation? I think that those were like probably the exact thoughts that came through my yeah. mom's head. Like, where did this come from? Almost <laughs> in a sense of, like I mentioned before, so many people don't do anything about different matters unless they're personally affected by it. Yeah. Um, and I had no personal affection by it when I first started. Mm-hmm. So I guess it really was just like, what is this about? Um, yeah. Is this going to last? Like, um, I've always wanted to be a nonprofit from the beginning. And yeah. I was like, well, you just got to be sure this is something that's going to stick around. Like there's no, there's no need to file all the paperwork and go through all the taxes and stuff. If it's not going to be something that's going to be there for long. Yeah. Um, but my mom was just, I don't know. I feel like the thoughts that went through her head, that would be any thoughts that go through a mom's head when their 13 year old just comes to them and says, Hey, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, she was very encouraging. She helped with a lot of facilitating a lot of the connections that I needed to make in order to grow as a nonprofit. One of the major roadblocks was the fact that I had no car. I had no <laughs> license at 13, um, <laughs> as everyone does. Yeah. That was a huge, um, huge obstacle. So she was my chauffeur, whether it was shopping for care packages, mm-hmm. making one of my many, many trips to the post office. I'm a regular there. They all know me. <laughs> they come in and they're like, how many this time, Madison? Um <laughs> But yeah, I I think that was like probably one of the biggest supports was just being able to drive me around, lend her time. Mm -hmm. Um, But now she, she's a real estate agent now. Uh, She works out in Western Mass at Berkshire Dream Homes. And she does a thing where for every house sold, she donates a portion of her commission back to Strong Little Souls. Oh, good job, mom. (laughs) Yeah, it's so sweet to see it kind of come back around where now she's supporting, um, well, she always has been supporting, but now she's like actually able to support a like this legit nonprofit organization rather than just supporting her 13 year old daughter who is sending toys out. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy with how far we have grown since I've started. I don't think 13 year old me would have ever expected it to spiral into such this massive project. Um, 
but I'm, I'm so grateful and I'm so grateful for all the families I've gotten to meet and all the life lessons that these families and kids have been able to teach me. Mm-hmm. Um, but they definitely have changed my life. Absolutely. And you've changed theirs. Like it's, it's this beautiful, uh, cohesive relationship. And the fact that you had such a great support system to allow you to be able to do this. Um, you've, you made a world of difference in people's lives. And like you said, you've learned a lot from, from those people that you've gotten to, to help and, and meet. Um, that being said, how can people get involved? Uh, how can they donate or, or help, help out strong little souls? Yeah. So we are on, we have a website, stronglittlesouls.org. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, those are always kept very up to date. I'm always posting nice. every day. Um, it's just strong little souls. Mm-hmm. People can donate directly through our website. We have a PayPal and Venmo. Um, all that information is on our website. It's on our social media. If anyone has any questions, any specific donation requests or such, they can always just shoot me an email at stronglittlesouls.gmail.com. Um, and if anyone wants to help out, volunteer time or whatever, whether they're local or not, just shoot me an email. We're always looking for people to help with donation outreach. Um, right now we are setting up a group of people to help send out thank you cards to our amazing donors and supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always something that can be done, whether you're far or nearby. So don't hesitate to send us an email, reach out, drop us a comment. Um, there's no harm in just shooting us a message because there's always something that can be done. Um, Absolutely. The more people, the more we're able to do. That's so awesome. I love what you're doing. It's, it's so great. And I'll make sure to include that in episode notes and um, be able to tag you on all the, the, the posts that I do on Instagram as well, just so people are able to reach out to you, find you, help donate or help any way that they can, um, like you had mentioned. So that's, that's just absolutely wonderful. I, you are doing amazing work um, in, in your motivation and drive to, to keep it going and help make a difference in all these, these young people's lives and, and their families. It's, it's awe-inspiring. Like, I'm so inspired by what you're doing. Thank you. You're welcome. So this is like <laughs> the perfect spot for me to ask, like, do you have any advice for listeners out there, whether it can be people starting a nonprofit or families or for families that have children with cancer, like any sort of advice? Um, Sorry, that's a tough the one. Two, <laughs> the two major things that come to my head is the one of, I think maybe both we touched upon briefly, but mm-hmm. you're really never too young. You're never too young to care. You're never too young to start something. Um, age is just a number. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't need to wait for something to change your life or to affect you before you start caring. Um, you don't need to wait until it's your child receiving that diagnosis mm-hmm. before you start fighting for awareness, fighting for funds, fighting for cures and treatments. Um, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's great advice across the board for, for anything, but absolutely. So, um, I, Madison, I thank you for being on my cancer story podcast and, and telling me about your nonprofit strong little souls. Um, everybody, please make sure to check it out. Donate if you can, uh, help lending hand if you can, but, um, definitely check out the website, check out the social media and, and learn a little bit more about this awesome nonprofit you created. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you. Hearing from some people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was my pleasure to have you on. And once again, if anybody has any questions, they can either reach out to me personally on uh, my cancer story podcast on Instagram or my, my Gmail. And um, also the, the, I'll add the links for everybody to be able to reach out to medicine and strong little souls, but thank you again, Madison. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Is there anything else you would like to add before we sign off? think that's it but thank you so much for having me and thank you everyone for listening yeah I really appreciate it <laughs> oh it's my pleasure and thank you everybody for listening like this is such an amazing story and such an amazing foundation so um, I'm so blessed and thankful that I'm able to share this <laughs>